0: Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Ren,
1: And I'm your co-host, Mateo Gonzaga. Uh,
0: So basically, what we're trying to do with this podcast is um, we're providing a view on life through the lens of Stoicism, which is a historic school of philosophy. Um, It kind of serves as a guide to navigating some common situations um, from the lens of somebody who is, who who are both Generation Z, so we're providing lens of issues that are more common to the digital age than have largely been to people throughout history. Um, we're trying to come at it through the mindset of just self-improvement and growth. Um, we hope that kind of voicing our lived experiences, we're both high school seniors. We've both grown up in a digital age. We've seen some of the harms of social media and just kind of that instant gratification mindset in general. And so for people who struggle with problems like self-image, struggle with motivation, and just feel like a sense of lack of belonging, we're hoping that um, stoicism um, provides kind of some of the healthy solutions to that. And I I don't know about you, but it has, to me, especially as we look at self-improvement and motivation.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I mean, the big thing is... is our generation has grown up drastically different than any of our parents we're in a new digital age where you have instant access to instant dopamine to likes to anything is at our fingertips now we're used to being so comfortable and that can be the downfall of a lot of people and so ultimately we understand that the uh, opinions and perspectives that we're presenting on this podcast may be um unconventional and uncomfortable but ultimately we speak our truth and we hope that you listen with an open mind and question everything that we say rather than just accepting it and so our our mission
0: really isn't we're not motivated by streams we're not motivated by any of that kind of bs but we're motivated just by reaching people um, through our lived experiences through the lens of stoicism and kind of offering those healthy solutions and so to kind of fulfill that um, mission I think we're gonna be uniquely dedicated to engaging with our audience, however small or big it is. And so we encourage you right from the jump, um, comment on our YouTube video, DM us on our Instagram, send us emails, um, questions, comments, feedback. Like We really welcome all of that. Our episodes are gonna be geared towards certain situations, but if you feel that there's a situation that you'd like us to touch on, or that we kind of miss,
1: we would really welcome welcome that. Reach out and let us know. I mean, we want to engage with you as much as you want to engage with us. We want to speak the truth. We want you to listen, but we also want you to speak back so we can listen and take your opinions and then develop that into further content for you guys.
0: Uh, So with that being said, that's kind of our mission. That's kind of where we're coming from. Like I said, we're both high school seniors. We've both gone through some stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and we still have much more to go through. Right. And so we want to um, kind of impart our wisdom through our experiences and we also want to grow along with you through this podcast um i know we're about to touch on some of the tenets of stoicism but one of the teachings is is to find people that um are like you are malleable and to impart what you've learned on them and then grow along with them Mm -hmm. um so let's get right into the episode Uh, obviously gen z stoic our first episode is going to be on stoicism Um, history, um, some lessons we've learned, how we've applied it to our lives, and how we think that you can apply it to yours.
1: Very good. So uh, I think we should we should just start off by defining our definition of Stoicism and just uh, a well-known definition of the word. So ultimately Stoicism is pursuing self-mastery of your emotions, persevering through hardship, seeking wisdom, uh, constant evolution of yourself. Um, Stoics in the past have strived to control their emotions And instead of letting their emotions control them They have been focused on controlling their mind Instead of letting your impulses get to you Uh, Ultimately, the four main virtues of Stoicism Are wisdom, courage, justice, and temperance All Stoics believe that if you act with all of these virtues Then everything else is going to follow Happiness, love, success, honor, etc And I think Stoicism... Um, both throughout history and now
0: like if you you think of somebody as stoic, right? You think of them as cold hearted you think of them as not really being emotional, but I think to me and certainly correct me if you think differently um, stoicism isn't so much as being cold and not having emotions as being in control of your emotions I agree. certainly we both experience anger we both experience frustration, we both mm-hmm. experience sadness, um, probably daily of but course. it's Instead of letting that rule you, you kind of have control over it. And so you rule
1: your emotions. Right. And, and you know you know when to show them. There, there are certain times for when you need to show certain emotions. And there's also times where just emotions don't need to be showed at all. And in today's society, there's so many emotions with all the social media and dopamine that we're consuming at such a fast pace that we're used to seeing constant emotion all the time. And I think that being calm and in a Zen state is very... Uh, very important today. Well, and there's
0: also something to be said that Stoicism preaches a reserved lifestyle mm-hmm. and kind of being very introspective, um, judging yourself based on how you view what your character should be and how you're um, measuring up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we'll definitely go over some some more on that, but it's just something to be said in an age of social media and people posting things that they probably shouldn't and should keep to themselves. Mm. Um, and want to put every second of their lives out there. It's definitely different to be preaching that you should definitely live reserved. Agreed. Only show
1: certain parts of yourself to certain people that you trust with it. And I believe I believe we've lost we've lost the value of our own privacy. I mean, with he, with you said, posting everything everywhere. We've privacy is such a, an important gift. It's important to have time to yourself that nobody knows what you're doing except for yourself. But mm-hmm. now when you can post that anywhere all the time and then you get likes and feedback on that, you're totally disrupting your own privacy. Mm -hmm. And
0: I think that it doesn't allow you that time um, to be introspective, and that's really valuable. If you set yourself up to, I'm going to talk about Seneca, where you have a model, Mm -hmm. um, that's very important to have a model in your life. It doesn't have to be a parent. It can be really anybody who you view that has high character and conducts themselves in a way that you would be proud if you conducted themselves Mm -hmm. the same way if you get that time to analyze them and then analyze yourself it's very valuable because those are periods where you grow the most you're not going to grow when you're posting on social media and you're getting that instant feedback that instant dopamine but if you withdraw yourself from the opinion of let's say the common man Mm -hmm. that's very valuable for you to just look at yourself look at if you're measuring up to the goals you set for yourself.
1: Well, that's the thing as well. Is On social media, you're you're really only looking at other people's lives. You almost know more about other people and what they're doing Mm -hmm. than you know about yourself and what you're truly interested in. And if you're truly um, interested and content with that, then that's fine. But if you really have a sense of developing yourself and becoming deeper understanding of, your mind, what you truly value in life and what's really important to you, then you'll take a step back, spend time doing absolutely nothing except thinking with yourself.
0: I think, um, obviously we take a very negative tone to social media, but we're certainly not trying to demonize it. There's aspects of social media that are very good. For example, we're going to be using it to market our podcast. So marketing, social networking, social media is an unparalleled tool in history to do that. It's just, it's, used commonly by gen z and millennials in an unhealthy way Agreed. to where you compare yourselves to people or you're more invested
1: in what other people and the are way doing the it. apps are designed they're very addictive yeah it, 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 spreading information in mass very quickly is not a bad thing no and th- that's that's how good it's things just, are able to spread but when it's misconstrued and it's bad information toxic to the mental health of generation z and young adults it's that's when it's bad it's just realizing it's addictive
0: realizing that it's been used and is currently used in unhealthy ways Agreed. and you don't necessarily have to pull yourself out of social media completely i know both of us are
1: trying to do that right now i think it's a dopamine detox i think it's important uh for, when i say balance i don't mean one day you're working hard the next day you're off right. wasting your health wasting your mental health. but i think that balance is important with, with healthy habits sometimes you work hard and with other times you're relaxing but you're still you're still um, taking in what value information from, like, reading or something. Yeah, And um, with
0: that being said, that's just kind of a brief definition, how we've applied it a little bit. Um, We'd also like to talk about the history of it because it's important um, when you're talking about philosophy to look at where it's come from, who it's come from, how it's grown. How it's evolved. So with that being said, Stoicism was a school of philosophy that was um, founded in ancient Greece around 300 300 B.C., um, by Zeno of Um It grew itself originally off the school of cynics, which we won't be going very much into cynics, but cynics are very much similar to Stoics. They preach the same values, they just um, approach it in more of a questioning way. We're not really going to go into controversial topics. We're not going to talk about bad laws or anything like mm-hmm. that. But cynics certainly would go into that, and they'd question a lot of laws that are currently in place and how to challenge those. Stoics, it's not necessarily challenging things except for yourself. Yep.
1: And it's it's challenging yourself to grow and evolve constantly and to never settle for one certain thing. Right. And so, um, interesting though, it may
0: just be interesting to me, but Stoicism, Stoic, um, comes from the... Um, Greek word stoa poikili, um, I think is how you say it. I'm not going to speak Greek That's right. fluently, That's right. but it means painted porch, which is essentially where stoicism came from. Um, Zeno taught on in Athens on a painted stairway. He mm. would frequently um, just teach there. He had um, people he mentored, and so they'd hold. Um, you've heard about Socratic seminars. This was essentially a Socratic seminar yeah, it's for stoicism. In
1: schools now. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
0: and so he basically got it going. He adapted it from cynics, and it found um, it found root in a lot of people, namely uh, Cleanthes and Chrysippus, who um, took what Zeno was teaching, which was basically just the self-improvement and a- constantly challenging yourself and having that virtue in those four values, Correct. and they applied it to faith, they applied it to God, and they applied it to a larger scale of
1: fate and how life itself was constructed. And then they helped develop the, Stoic, the four Stoic virtues, which and then they developed and were considered secondary founders of Stoicism, etc. So.
0: And then obviously, it had to go from Greece to, to Rome, who became the large empire that right, it was. The massive empire. And I think it's a really cool sto- story of how it did that. So Rome implemented a fine that was deemed unfair by a large population of mm. Greece. And so what Greece did is they sent three philosophers to the to the Roman Senate to argue it and they had a Cynic they had a Stoic and then they also had um, another school of philosophy go there and so they send these philosophers in the first two go the Roman Senate's not impressed yeah. they're like we're just going to implement this fine anyway we don't care okay. and then um, Diogenes of Babylon who was a Greek Stoic um, he moved from Rome to Greece okay. studied under um, those philosophers that we talked about um, he came in and he didn't necessarily challenge the fine itself, mm. but he challenged the concept of fine in human nature. Okay. And so his calm approach really won over. It was just the sheer calmness of it and the lack of emotion. Mm-hmm. Control it like of right, his emotions, right. Which is what Stoicism is about. Exactly. And so um, the Roman Senate was really impressed with that. They even rescinded the tax, the fine, which is kind of unheard of of Rome to kind of cave into that. And so the senators then took that to their homes and Stoicism gained traction mm. in Rome
1: mm. Well, that, that reminds me, you said he, says he stayed so calm during it it's like when you're in an argument with somebody right. the person who wins isn't the person who raises their voice the loudest no. and who can be the loudest in the room it's the person who can stay content stick to their morals, stick to the facts stick to exactly what they've been arguing the entire time and not letting their emotions get in front of their logic right, and, and I do speech and debate I'll just
0: put that out there I want to shout out our speech and debate team Um, They know who they are. Thank you, guys. Um, But going through speech and debate, you talk to debaters who are going to national level who are some of the smartest people I've ever met, certainly Mm -hmm. smarter than me. It's not necessarily the content of your argument. Once you nail the content, because everybody's coming into a debate thinking they're qualified, and you may be. But once you reach that level of being qualified, it's about how you control yourself, mm-hmm. how you present yourself. Right. And so, so a system always um, teaches that you present yourself in a calm, collected manner. Okay. Which is going to win you a lot of arguments especially
1: in today's climate. And that that leads me into my... One of the um, things I was learning about was with I believe he was a stoic, Cato the Younger. He was around the Julius Caesar era, mm-hmm. forty like 40, 45 BC, around that time. And one thing he always showed was never compromise. Yeah. That was one of his main teachings was never compromise. So if you stay calm and you don't compromise your beliefs being forced by somebody else and you don't cave in mm-hmm. and then change your beliefs because you feel like they're stronger than you, then that's how you're going to hold your ground and maybe not win, but at least you're not going to lose an argument. Yeah. Well, and we'll certainly talk about certain Stoics. I think that um,
0: that's another one where you could take that the wrong way. There's definitely room for compromise. Of course. In arguments, I think it's more about your beliefs. And we talk about Cato the Younger. He was, um, I believe he was a student of Seneca or somewhere related to Seneca because I know Seneca was around 100 BC and he taught a lot of people. Um, He's the one who really... Seneca the Younger, he's one of he's probably my main inspiration mm. in terms of Stoicism. And he was the one who really took Stoicism from something being talked about in the homes of Rome to something being talked about and brought up in the Senate. He was somebody who really okay. carried the torch for Stoicism. And I know Rome was very conflicted on it. They had emperors mm. who um, you'd have one emperor who would outlaw philosophy completely. And then you'd have mm. the next emperor would be like Marcus Aurelius, who I know you really like. Yeah, Marcus would, Aurelius is definitely one of my biggest... Who who really embraced it, and right. it became a way of life in Rome. And so you kind of had that seesaw where you had it would be outlawed, and then it would be embraced, and it would be outlawed. And so that that kind of continued. And then um, we can obviously talk about modern applications. I think Stoicism. Um, you can tell me what you think. Oh, I think it was yeah. largely lost from. From when the Roman Empire collapsed mm-hmm. to about like the 1800s, 1900s, I think it was lost. Yeah. I, think,
1: I think it just was less popular because, like you said, the Roman Empire fell and then without a lot of people, it, it wasn't able to spread. Mm-hmm. And then nowadays, currently, Stoicism, definitely the principles of Stoicism are still very prevalent and very crucial to living an honorable life. And it, it's definitely not as prominent now as it used to be because no. of how... Again, comfortable everything is and how easy everything is to do. But those, in my opinion, the principles of Stoicism applied to current life would make life so much better for so many people. And I think it's not just Stoicism itself. It's philosophy as a whole, right?
0: Agreed. Like, Greek and Rome, they were all philosophers first, and then they applied mathematic principles or what have you second. And they were very forward-thinking, thinking about how the way life works. Whereas nowadays, and this certainly isn't a criticism, this is just how we're brought up, not a lot of people think about how we got here and how life truly works. Right. They think about what they're going to do with their friends or... Or
1: just what they have now. I mean, and I think not looking into the past is a mistake. Looking into the past too much, your own past, is definitely a mistake. But understanding the history and where it grew from and where it was founded and then how it's developed is crucial.
0: Well, and I think we talked about why we wanted to create this podcast is because we do feel a wave, especially in our
1: generation, where people are starting to think like that again. There's definitely a shift going on. There's a, there's many, many people, especially at a younger age, starting to open their eyes and see more. And, and be so aware. we want to be
0: like the Stoics of old, who were kind of the torchbearers for Stoicism in their days. Um, we ne- We don't think we're going to be that important, but we would certainly like to think we're part of that wave and we're advocating the message of stoicism and philosophy as a whole. Just speaking about what we genuinely believe in. Right. To a generation that like some people are feeling it, some people aren't. Wherever you may be um, listening to this, maybe you can do your own research and draw your own Mm -hmm. conclusions. And whether they agree with stoicism or not, doing your research, I think, Mm -hmm. and just looking at it is valuable,
1: whether you agree with it or not. And basing, I feel a lot of people just have their opinions but without having looked into issues at all and this could be politically this could be socioeconomically anything like that. Yeah. Knowing your facts before you make your opinion is very important. Right. But it's very it, it, it sounds so simple and obvious that I have to say that but unfortunately a lot of people don't base their opinions off facts, they base their opinions off their emotions. Right. Which there's something to be
0: made of that I think that it's it's a process where you um, do your research, and you come at it with a factual, logical approach, and then you apply your emotions to it. Agreed. You certainly yeah. don't, through Stoicism, shut off all of your emotions, but you control them until, like you said, there's a manner in which they are appropriate to be brought up. There are certainly yeah. issues in this country, all over the world, which it's very valid to get emotional about. Right. But you got to come at it the right way to where, even if you are emotional, you use that to your
1: advantage. So you don't yeah. come off as mm-hmm. just somebody who's... A hot mess or hasn't done their research right Mm -hmm. and even if you have done your research and you get overly emotional it's gonna be hard for you to stick to your logic and just start going off on tangents that are completely unrelated to what you're trying to talk about or argue or discuss so again just managing your emotions is one of the most important things
0: well I think we've we've gone over some serious stuff you want to get
1: to the fun stuff a little fun section yeah so um would you like do you want to explain the uh, guest spot giveaway?
0: Yeah, so, well, first let's just explain what this is. So, we're going to talk about a lot of serious things. This isn't, largely I don't think it's going to be a funny comedy podcast. No. Obviously, we'd like to have a comedic element to it. Like, I, I wouldn't want to sit here and listen to 30 minutes of, you know, two teenagers talk about serious stuff for 30 on. minutes straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what we're going to do is um, we're going to break up the serious stuff and we're going to have like a little five minute fun segment. Every episode, just take a little break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get a little laugh in. I think yeah. everybody needs I a little laugh good. sometimes. Yeah. Um. So, that's basically what this is, and we're gonna use this now as an opportunity to announce our um, giveaway, which we're gonna just do straight from the jump. So, obviously, being a podcast, guests are a very important part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, instead of you know handpicking our first guests, we wanted to do it as a giveaway. So we're doing our giveaway is that um, if you follow us on Instagram, um, follow us on TikTok. And then, um, follow our YouTube channel mm-hmm. Please subscribe and, and, um, comment on our YouTube video. You yep. will be entered in to be the first guest on this podcast.
1: Comment on the YouTube channel, comment on the Instagram post related to this episode and, uh, go follow our TikTok account as well.
0: Yeah. So we want to, we want to, um, have you engage with us. We want to engage with you. And I think there's no better way mm-hmm. than, um, getting you guys to subscribe, buy in. And you could be a guest on this
1: podcast. You could be sitting at the table with us. Love to hear your opinion. We will link the um, Instagram profile, TikTok profile, and YouTube page in the description of this podcast. And then uh, go check it out. Go comment. Go engage. We'll have you on the podcast if
0: you win. Because I know. I I didn't want to choose our first guest. So I think it's more than fair that our first guest... um Engages with us. And I think gonna... they should
1: choose to be with us if they really feel passionate about it. So. Right.
0: Yeah um, There's nothing we love more than passion and so we'd like to have somebody here who
1: maybe challenges us it would be great. And we and just we want to hear your opinions. Yeah. If it's agreeing with us if it's uh, Disagreeing with us we want to hear it. It's important.
0: Everything's love. Everything's uh, self-growth. Yes
1: So with that out of the way, let's let's do our fun segment let's do
0: it. Which uh, mm-hmm. this uh, this episode we're gonna do the most ridiculous news stories of the week and Most so um, ridiculous news. Stories. We both we both picked two. I haven't heard Mateos. He hasn't heard mine. So know. I'm excited. I'm excited. There's. Some, I found some crazy news stories. Yeah. There's well. some wax stuff out there. You
1: wanna go first? Oh man, let's do it. Okay. So the first news article was uh, Florida sheriff burglars called 911 to get help stealing stuff to help move stuff that they were stealing from the house.
0: <laughs> See, for me, like first of all, I would think that that would in Florida that's I feel like that's mild for Florida.
1: I think it's more of an Ohio thing. I think that's the most normal police call in Ohio but Florida I I just don't understand. Like Florida like
0: <laughs> there's got to be an alligator involved or there's got to be drugs involved or something like that. That's pretty normal. Like and you got to res- you got to respect them but at the same time like if if you're going to go burglarize something and we're certainly not condoning robbery here. No. Bad. No. Bad thing. It's horrible. But if you're going to rob a house or or a business, at least have the work ethic or the manpower to help
1: move stuff. Yeah, they were just unprepared. Ultimately. <laughs> you gotta prepare. They, you gotta always have a game plan. They, even if it's a legal the, activity. You yo, gotta have a game Benjamin plan. Benjamin Franklin said, by failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. And he wasn't even a stoic, but that was... That's Benjamin Franklin? I thought that was Kobe. Benjamin Franklin. I'm pretty I sure. Like Fact check me like, on that. I feel like that's a Kobe quote. I'm pretty sure it's Benjamin Franklin. Don't, don't quote me on that. Alright, you go.
0: What do you got? I went a little out of the box. I went international. So an Air India flight from New York um, was slammed for systematic failure um, because they let an unruly mare- male passenger uh, pee on a woman in, uh,
1: in business class. Wow. Not classy at all. Well, even, even on spirit, I think that wouldn't be... Uh, I don't think that'd be tolerated even on spirit. Well, you wouldn't like the joke that I would make about it, so... I mean, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep this a very mature podcast. It's important we, we, we can go. All. We can go PG-13, but we can't go um, R. We can't risk getting canceled. This is our first episode. Um, yes, okay. I'm going to go international with you. I'm going to meet you with this. Cause. German police seek help in solving bull sperm heist. Let me clarify. What do you, I don't know how many people it was. They stole like 60 jars of bull sperm. What are you, you going to do with that? What do you think? That's what I was wondering. What, what do you need it for? Like genetic modification? Hybrid making? Well, I don't really think a bull human would work. The minotaur? Y'all know your... Uh, Spe- speaking, of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> speaking of ancient Greece. Yeah, uh, speaking of ancient Greece. Yeah, was that Greek? The minotaur? That was Greek, right? I sure hope so. Roman Greek, I don't know. Oh.
0: Alright. We'll end with a fun one. A little, little meth. Uh, pigeon was caught in British Columbia wearing crystal meth like a backpack inside a prison yard. How do you wear crystal
1: meth like a backpack? Like in a Ziploc bag?
0: So you know how you know how they like tie the little scrolls when pigeons used to be yeah. messengers? Yeah. So essentially you Like have, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I watch a lot of like live PD shows, so this is why I know this, but meth is usually in like little plastic baggies and then wrap them up. Okay. So you could just tie it to the.
1: But was actually... You're turning yourself in right now.
0: Self incrimination, I plead the fifth. Oh, what's actually interesting to me is this, outside of the fact that it's like really like could you imagine for all the birds isn't real stuff, could you imagine the traction they'd find if they were like, Oh, pigeons are drug mules now, like that that won't work. Yeah. But what's I mean, interesting that. to me about it is the fact that this is actually a problem. Like this is not the first time this has happened. Um they had In British Columbia or in the entire world. Just in terms of like the prison system in general. Okay. Because um, so I was reading this article, and I clicked on a few other ones um, They did drones because drones are obviously mm-hmm. efficient because mm-hmm. they they're criminals like the there's sometimes mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of presence of drugs right. in prisons, yeah, and they need to get them in there somehow um drones are pretty noticeable, you know a drone right. flying in a prison is a big problem I pigeons think. not so much so, mm. so that's how how do you how a how train a pigeon though well, if they train them to be messenger that I, that training a pigeon would be. Well, it's just like training another animal. You just have treats and a you know. Fair a, enough. A stern.
1: I don't know. That blows my hand. mind. I wouldn't do meth
0: or train a pigeon. So, you know, I mean, if I can, if I can train a dog to you know sniff out blood sugar, I can train a pigeon to carry meth. Fair enough.
1: They did it in Harry Potter. Could, Could you imagine? You? You,
0: you know. I c- I feel like those movies are unrealistic. Like, I feel like Harry Potter. Yeah, they're I mean, unrealistic. I, would, I hope you would find it unrealistic. They're, no, not for that. <laughs> Just for, like, the social aspect. Like, how unrealistic oh, is that teenagers Oh, Movies in
1: general? Dude, I've tried to act like people do in movies before. It doesn't go that way. Expelliarmus. No, it doesn't. It really... <laughs> Hollywood is setting unrealistic standards. Whoa, society, this is supposed man. to be fun. Anyway, I'm to be sorry. Fun, back, on, back on, track. You can't, you can't um, be doing serious stuff. I think we, I then. really think we should get back
0: to stoicism. All right. Yeah. Enough meth
1: talk. Well, anyway, about meth, we're done with that. Um, we're gonna dive a little deeper into specific stoics that have personally touched us and um, influenced our daily uh, habits and values and morals and just the way we think and the way we try to act. Uh, so if you want to go in order, I guess I'll start. Uh, Cato the Younger, I mentioned uh, him previously. He was 95 to 46 BC was his uh, prominency. So the three big things that I take from him are he embraced high standards, he uses pain as a teacher, and the importance of gestures. Now, the importance of gestures, I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit. I said before that he was... Prominent during the Julius Caesar reign when he was um, around and there was a war and um, Cato was losing he was Mm -hmm. losing the war and instead of being uh, Pardoned by Julius Caesar. He took his own life now gesture It's not hand gestures when you're talking he so he did that another example was he would sleep with his uh, Soldiers in tents. He wouldn't go sleep in his own place even though he was the leader Things like that, gestures that other people see you do, not doing it so other people can see it, but living with integrity and doing things as part of the people you are leading, that's what makes a fantastic leader, is empathizing and sympathizing with the people you're trying to lead.
0: Well, I think that speaks to, um, stoicism largely is credited with a leadership philosophy. Mm. I think that many people who actually understand what stoicism truly is think it's a way to um, commit yourself to great leadership um, outside of the self improvement stuff it's just right. it's you know how to interact with people you know how to truly lead people and it's maybe off topic but it's really interesting in ancient rome how they sentenced people to commit their own suicide hmm. isn't like does that doesn't that interest you It like is seneca interesting. seneca um, who's one of my inspirations the exact same thing under um, emperor nero so it's just interesting that would not fly today oh of course not but it's just a, it's just an interesting um
1: well and that's civilization has changed so much you sentence people to their own suicide and now suicide is one of the biggest issues in America and even the world that we're trying to prevent mm-hmm. and that we're talking about so well could you imagine a debate about capital punishment if capital punishment was killing yourself I tell you what
0: it's interesting but um I guess we can go into um who's who's been my biggest inspiration it's definitely definitely Seneca Seneca the younger Seneca the younger um he was he was around um, like I said from from about 40 BC 60 AD. He was um, somebody who really carried the torch in term in, in Rome. Um, so he was, he a was big very. Voice. He, he was, was a big very voice. controversial. Interestingly enough, um, he's not so much controversial anymore. But in terms of the fact that he disagreed with um, former Stoics on a lot of things, mm. um, like who uh, he disagreed with, um, like I said, Diane engineers from Babylon yeah, and, yeah. and some of the early Greek teachings. Um, one of my favorite works is called um, *Ad Lucilium Epistulae Morales*, which is Latin for um, "Letters from a Stoic." It's a collection. It's about 400 pages. It's a collection. Is that the one
1: you sent me on the Google Docs? Yes. yes. Er, yeah. yes. Okay. It's, yeah. It's
0: available to download free. Just um, look it up. Um, "Letters from a Stoic" by Seneca. Mm-hmm. Absolutely free to download and on Google. Yep um, 400 pages. It's just a hefty, put it in it's, a dex, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's basically, it's just a compilation of the letters he sent to his friends or to Nero him, himself. Right. Who, interestingly enough, I said that Nero sentenced to it, sentenced him to his own death, but Seneca was a mentor for him. And so mm-hmm. I think there's something to be gained from Seneca was never mad mm-hmm. about it. Yep. And he was, um, falsely accused of plotting to kill Nero. Um, historians have found that he had no role in that plot. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of historical things. That's not really Stoicism. right? But um, why I like the text is those letters. It's essentially like if you've ever had one of those books growing up where it was like a prayer a day and a lesson mm-hmm. to learn yeah. a day, it's yeah. essentially one of those You can things. just read one of his letters every right. day. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. That's interesting because that, that reminds me of the the other person the biggest influence was for me was marcus aurelius and if you've ever read meditations if you haven't read it It, it's structured in a way i can't even describe it it's not written like a book it's written as a list (laughs) almost and the thing that's interesting about what he writes is the the very first part of that book is all the people in his life that taught him something very valuable and that's something you can read once a day is a new there's like three, four, five, six books in meditations and you can just read a book a day. They're super short, easy reads. Right,
0: that's, and that's the value I think of philosophical books is philosophical books largely don't model themselves off a traditional book structure. They model them in a way so, because it's hefty information, like it's like you said, it's it's tough to read. It's kind of unconventional in today's lifestyle and so it's obviously yeah. I don't think they were thinking that way when they wrote that, but people who compile it today um realize that like it's a hefty read and so mm-hmm. 20 25 pages a day is a reasonable goal because you'll learn so much from 20 to 25
1: pages right and if you if you're truly trying to learn something personally i can really only read 20 25 pages but then i go back and i really deep read the text i mm-hmm. annotate I, I write down certain really important lessons that have really touched me struck uh, stuck with me that's that's how to in my opinion that's how i would correctly read a book of Philosophy and Stoicism is slowly because most of them aren't necessarily very long. No, it's quality information compiled into a shorter reading and because it's a lot of quality information you really have to take the time to Break it down and analyze each bit that you're being told,
0: right? Um, You know, I I didn't really get to talk about some of Seneca's lessons we gave we gave him a history lesson on him but um, some of my favorite teachings especially from this book letters from a stoic is um a lot of people it may seem controversial to say but a lot of people adopt a victim mentality nowadays i would agree and the problem with that is if you treat yourself as a victim whenever you undergo a trial you're going to be mad at the trial and mad at the situation mm-hmm. instead of embracing it and getting through it and right. i think that that presents problems because everybody's going to go through issues mm-hmm. some may face more issues more may face larger issues but everybody is going to face trials within their life. And if you adopt a victim mindset, essentially you both welcome those trials mm-hmm. because you are looking and actively seeking for them to fulfill your fantasy that you are a victim. And then when you see, see yourself in those situations, you aren't able to adapt to the uncertainty. You aren't able to adapt to You've hardship. already
1: lost the battle once you've subconsciously accepted that you can't. And... Like they have an external locus of control where they're just assuming, oh, all these things are happening to me. I have no influence over the events that I'm undergoing and the outcomes that I'm receiving. Right. And I think um, the kind of quote that
0: I like from Seneca about this is the he says that the life we receive is not short, but we make it so because we are not ill-provided, but we use what we have wastefully. And to tie that back to the victim mindset... If you portray yourself as the victim, you go through with a certain lens about life, whether you, whether you are experiencing positive things, whether you're experiencing negative things, or whether it's just a casual day. Versus if you go through thinking that life today may present me with trials or life today may be great, but either way I'm ready to face the day. That seems like a much healthier mindset because you embrace every aspect of your life and so your life is more fulfilled because you get through those hardships and then they become valuable right. lessons. Or you experience those joyous experiences and they become even more meaningful because you put them in the context of the fact that they came when other people were experiencing such hard things. Right. I
1: oh, agree. And with every experience that you undergo, this is one of Marcus's teachings, was every, everything you do, every task that you are assigned, you must complete, and I'm quoting him here, with precise and genuine seriousness. Your concentration has to be absolutely on fleek. On fleek. For <laughs> it has to be, you have to be so innately focused yeah. on what you're doing that you have zero uh, um, ability to be distracted by anything outside. That could be your phone. Mm-hmm. That could be a situation that is happening outside of what you're doing, and it's just subconsciously working its way into your mind. If you imagine, if every task that you did. You were 100% focused on this task. How much would you accomplish? If you did one thing at a time, mm-hmm. with innate concentration and pure focus, how much would you be accomplishing? i tell you what, a lot more than I am right now. I would agree. And I think that... I can say the same for myself.
0: Well, and I think that speaks to that stoicism. It, would you agree it preaches a lot of lofty goals and some that are unrealistic? Yes. So I think that... You read that and you're like, well, there's no way that I'm gonna be able to give 100% focus right. to everything, and you aren't because that's just human nature. But if your goal is that, then you are going to improve your focus immensely.
1: It's exactly you're exactly right. And if you set a goal and you don't reach there, but you have started working towards that goal, mm-hmm. you're going to be far better off where you are now than if you hadn't started at all.
0: Right. Well, that's that's a good it's a good conversation, and I think. It lends itself to the fact that there are large applications. I think um, we only get so much time to go over the brief values of Stoicism. Right. Um, I've certainly learned more. I've learned that, um, to touch on like your focus thing, um, a large part of Stoicism is about honor. And Seneca talks yeah. about how honorable acts are done without distraction, right. and they're done voluntarily <laughs> because when they're done voluntarily, they are done without distraction, they are done without complaint.
1: I know. Yep. Um, that's a bigger realist yeah, concept. Yeah, right there no, is no complaining. He never, never let anybody hear you complain. Not even yourself. That's right. what. That's what he wrote about. Well, his and dad. when you do that, you do it without
0: distraction. You do it without complaint. It becomes a task that, even if it's hard, you within yourself approve of you doing it. Right. And I think self approval is something that um, this generation struggles with. And I think mm-hmm. that if we cut out some distractions, obviously you're not going to be able to focus on everything 100. Right. Um, you cut out complaints again, not 100, percent but largely and you kind of cut out the reluctance and uncertainty of your actions, then you would be able to accomplish a lot more and your actions would have a lot more honor and virtue, which would achieve the ultimate
1: goal of Stoicism. And you just approach difficult tasks with a different mentality in the first place. If you're approaching it with, oh, this is hard versus what's just, this is just another obstacle that I can overcome. Look how far I've come. I can just do this again and do this again. And you ask, you have to ask God and we'll get into God much deeper in the next subject but if you if you're asking for challenges rather than being afraid of what challenges are going to come next that's how you're going to succeed if you if i told you to do 100 push-ups for seven million dollars you would do 200 Mm
0: -hmm. i'd do 100 because then i get seven million (laughs) dollars You, you gotta, you I'm gotta,
1: free, you gotta, you gotta remember that I'm a very practical man. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. If you get, if you tell someone to do something for seven million dollars, they're gonna most likely do this. For, yes. My point is with is with is to talk about motivation. People say they lack motivation. They're not lacking motivation. They're lacking purpose. If you truly want something, you'll be full of motivation forever. I mean, sorry, not forever. But you will find that motivation to start, and then you'll develop discipline, which leads to consistency and long-term success. But
0: no, I, I I agree. I think that largely people, and we'll talk about New Year's resolutions specifically in the next episode. But people um, complain about a lack of intrinsic motivation, mm-hmm. and the reality is, is intrinsic motivation sometimes isn't enough because it's something that only you can control. Right. Versus you have extrinsic. Motivation, And that's where goal setting comes in, and that's where um, that discipline comes in that you talk about. Yeah. Oh, that's. You got any more notes to add on any
1: I'm philosophers? I certainly I could, could talk about Seneca there. a lot more. There's a lot more things. that We there. could dive much deeper in, but we don't want to nag on for too long. I would say look into stoicism for yourself. Look, look up the most well-known, philosophers and stoics do a little bit of research see what you think um, buy please I would recommend buy meditations by Marcus Aurelius if you one of your goals is to read or if you enjoy reading uh, I think you would gain anybody who would read it with an open mind would gain a lot of wisdom well and if is
0: it it costs Does that book costs
1: it's like 10 bucks on Amazon you can probably find um, PDF versions on iBooks but um, I think it's a very small price to pay for the value that you're gaining well, and even if you don't want to pay
0: $10, uh, you have letters of a Stoic from Seneca, who exactly. I, I, I really, I mean, I have, I, I would say that he was a better Stoic, but
1: that's, that's a debate for another day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about and I think morally what you believe in. For, for
0: me, one of the lessons that I want to close with um, from Seneca is that you really, you want to find a mentor, obviously, to right. build your character off of. We already spoke about that but also you want to find people to teach and I think that that speaks to kind of what we're doing here right? Mm-hmm. because um, Seneca in his, in his letters of the stoic says that you are supposed to welcome those whom you are capable of improving because the process is a mutual one you find people right. who are malleable and have the same mindset of wanting to grow like you and you teach them you grow with them and I think that's what we're yeah. trying to do here Yeah, like we're certainly not trying to lecture anybody we're not trying to call anybody out for lack of motivation and we're
1: not trying to force our opinions on other people I, I no. we want to get that across as this is our insight and our opinions of what has worked for us and what we've mm-hmm. seen work for people. What has worked for Stoics in the past? Right. What has worked for great leaders today? What has worked for very wealthy people? We want our goal is to help people. Mm-hmm. We want to spread our truth and our message, and improve people's quality of lives and awaken people to their own potential.
0: And we're certain we're certainly not perfect. I- I'll speak for myself on this, but I start, certainly some days feel a lack of motivation, and nobody nobody is perfect, right. and so we certainly can be called out for things, but largely we, we've improved. Yes. I've noticed, yeah. I am I mean, we've talked over the past six months. I've noticed improvements from you. I hope that you've noticed I've it, seen yeah. massive gains yeah. with you, so, for sure. So I think that, sure. and we've both really grown with stoicism through that time, and so we're trying to mm-hmm. implement... A similar process within our audience yes and so we're not saying you know be perfect
1: we're not saying meet these goals with flying colors we're just saying try 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 something new dive into something that maybe you're not comfortable with that's the beauty of life is there's so many things to do so many things that make you uncomfortable and when you try something new that's where growth happens right and that's that's just the beautiful thing about stoicism is that there's never it's
0: really never really explicitly stated that like you need to try new things but I feel like that's an underlying value because they're always about it's indirectly implied it's it's always about you know embrace the uncertainty adapt to the uncertainty constantly evolve and you can't evolve unless you're
1: not sticking in your comfort zone. So try new things, try this podcast. Try, try this listening. podcast. Subscribe to YouTube. Go follow the Instagram, go follow the TikTok, share this podcast with everybody you know. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. And if you do all that,
0: remember, guest spot giveaway. You just very might valuable. earn a spot. Very on valuable. The very valuable. Alright, thank you for listening. This has been the Gen Z Stoic Podcast. Logging From off. Episode one.